debt. Debt is so easy to get. In fact, the companies promote it. They want you to take debt. They want you to take financing. They dress it up with fancy code words like finance or credit or buy now, pay later. And they make it sound sexy because if they get to put you in debt, they get to make more money out of you. But debt has consequences. It's painful. And by definition of the word, you've got to pay it back. So welcome to today's episode, which is part two of the Peter Debt story, where we tackle what has happened with the loan from the business. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And we're doing a second episode about debt. And we have back with us Peter. Peter, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Alan. Good to be here. And you brought your teammate with you this week. Yes, this is uh, with me is my wife, my best girl of 31 years, and the one who's going to work with me together as a team to get out of this debt. Hi, Alan. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too, Kathy. Welcome to the show. And I think this is really, I love that you're doing it together because like, I, I couldn't do things without my wife, Katie. She's incredible. She, like, She's the one I bounce everything off and work with. So I love that you're doing this together. Um, now, we set you some homework, Peter, uh, the last show, which I know you went and did because you did your homework very quickly. And then you set me some homework, which I was yes. less excited about. Um, so tell me, how did the homework go? What happened? Well, the first part of the homework, as you recall, was to get our hands on the actual documents to see yes. what, what was in there, what I signed up for, uh, was it what I was told, and what were the terms and conditions to understand if there was anything that we might be able to leverage. Yes, and you did that homework and you sent me the documents. And I have read the documents with Katie uh, this morning. The uh, dynamic duo this end went through them both. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the points we were talking about was whether it was an interest-only loan at the start. And, and quite, quite obviously it was. It was. There is a tick box, I think, on page four or five. Uh, yes. And there was two, interest only or repayment. Um, and it's got your initial underneath it. It does. I think what they probably did was told you to initial every page because you've initialed every page. So I think it was mm -hmm. probably you just initialing every page. However, like if we did go to court, the judge would go, uh, it's interest only and your initials are right below it. Like right. the, that would not fly for us. Right. So I think that one's kind of a non-starter. Yes, it um, is. But there was very positive news that we found out uh, about whether it was a secured or an unsecured loan. That is correct. That was interesting because I could not get them to provide a lot of information I wanted, except they did say it was an unsecured loan. However, in the last loan, because I think that's what we need to focus on, the first loan and, and the second refinance are long and gone. And now we're talking about this bubble loan. 
which was the same same verbiage on each of these loans. Um, so they did say it was unsecured, which I take to mean is I they don't have a lien on my house. They don't can't. Well, I don't know. I don't know. What does that mean? Does it mean they cannot come after me? Uh, the shop is closed, but it's in my name and my address. So the shop doesn't exist. So there's nothing for them to go after there. But it's in my the the debt is in the loan is in my name with my home address. Yes. So Kathy was a guarantor of the first loan, um, but for whatever reason, Kathy was removed for the second one. The second uh, one was it was turned into a uh, fifty thousand. It went from a thirty to a fifty thousand dollar unsecured business loan. Yes. Or so yes. Kathy was removed. Your house was removed. Correct. This is this is huge. This makes me much happier because okay. they can't come after Kathy and they can't come after uh, the home, um, yes. which is is fabulous. So it's an unsecured loan, which I, that does mean they can't come after your house if you do default but that doesn't mean there's not recourse there's not things they would do if you did default um like yes. if you just stop paying they're going to be minorly peeved right uh, and then they're probably going to do a bunch of things that affect your credit rating they're going to chase you they might well sell it to a debt collection agency eventually. And then you have the debt collectors who are trying to get the money out of you for it. Right. Um, and like, it's an interesting one. So let me give you a rough idea of how that goes. If you just start ignoring them and stop paying. Sure. Uh, the only reason I know this is because my dad was very good at it. Uh, so he would just stop paying and he would just ignore things. And he did do that. He stopped paying his loans because he couldn't. He ignored them. The bank went off quiet for years. Eventually, they came back. Like That caused a mess within our family finances for something like 20, 25 years and still, still is having repercussions to this day with the way the finances are. Now, he got away without paying it back. Uh, and I had to settle it with my mum. And we paid back a fraction of what they earned. And I was able to keep a large percentage of the house for my mum to have somewhere to live. But I like that's not a nice process. <laughs> it's horrible. Yes. And like that's a painful, like trying to just not pay and dodge and then like leave the period to get out of it. I'm not sure it's the best way to go, uh, having been through it. Have, what Any thoughts from what I've just said? Yes, I mean, I, I signed my name to it, Alan. And, you know, it was, I did make mistakes, but it is the debt. And, you know, I want to get out of this debt uh, as gracefully and cheap, cheaply as possible. But, you know, I feel I signed my name to it. I made that mistake. And I'm going to do what I can to uh, make it right and look out for my best interest in the process. So I think that being said, we kind of get to the point where we sign the contract, like the paperwork is all there. We just kind of need to realize where it is. Then we come to how do we tackle this debt as quickly as possible to get you 
back to freedom and away from it because we just want to get it handled is what I'm hearing. Right. Right. Um, and I, the bank is not, as you saw in some of those emails, willing to negotiate at this point. They weren't, they weren't super friendly, were they? They no, weren't super no. friendly. Um, but, but I don't the, think they actually believe you're going to default. They believe you're just going to keep paying. So they don't have much reason to be nice. Exactly. And they, uh, they were telling me how, how they were looking out for my best interest and giving me the 10 and a half year terms at 6.19%. Um, so I was supposed to thank them. Yeah, I'm not sure 6.19% over 10 and a half years is is the best terms for you and the best way to do it. I think, so. I don't know if you know this, but Katie and I have launched and been running this thing called Rebel Finance School, where yes. we help people with their finances. And yes. actually this week, uh, Monday is the week on how to work through debt. And we've been like, Katie has basically created this thing called the debt attack strategy, the quickest way to get rid of it. Um, so is it okay if I step through the steps from that? And then like some of the steps will be irrelevant to you, but I think it'll give a nice picture for everyone listening to this of how to deal with these things. Yes. Um, and we, we have uh, been trying to keep up with, with the uh, rebel finance school as well. So we are in oh, good wow. shape. We are in good shape. I've been tracking our, well, I started earlier this year because knowing that we needed to get a firmer hand on, on our, our, our finances. So I do have similar to what you, um, well, first I did have, have already done the net worth. Uh, I believe that was the first class. And the second was the finance tracker, which I have been doing. We haven't exactly analyzed those buckets yet as to where stuff is going. But we're getting there. That's what I was doing today, and Incredible Kathy was helping work. me. Yes, I love that. I love well, that. That makes me so happy. You're on top of your finances. You're making progress. Yes, and you know it's a little later in life than we would have hoped, but you know, <laughs> we are where we are. We just have exactly. to like forgive past selves and make it. That's happen. right. And 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 Kathy, that was one of the things Alan has said over and over again: forgive past selves, and that's what. We need to do and say, okay, now we're going to take take it take control of it. I've I've stopped calling it a budget or a tracker. I said it's our financial planner. Love it, love it. Um, okay, so step one, which like this sounds like a weird step, but for most people, it's like work out exactly what your debts are. Because whenever we talk to people, they're like, well, I think I've got this much on this credit card, but I'm not sure how much interest rate it is. And I think I've got this and I think I've got that. And they're not actually really totally sure of the different debts they've got. So I'm going to ask anyway, because I assume the answer is no, but I'm going to ask anyway, is this the only one or are there other, are there other debts or is this the only one? We have three credit card uh, debts under 2000 of each. Um, okay. which, and then uh, there was this thing called Parent Plus Student Loans, uh, in which we helped our children go to college and unfortunately uh, signed a lot of those. And so there is uh, a bit of that. Do you, do you have an idea of how much or the interest rate? Uh, well, the interest rate is frozen due to the pandemic and payments have been frozen due to the pandemic. And it is a uh, two hundred thousand dollars. 
Okay, so it's a quite a significant one on that side. Yes. Um, but the six grand on the credit cards. Right. Cool. So now, step one is let's step through like what you've got, which you've done. You know what it is. Awesome. That's way better than most people because we can't tackle something you're not clear on what it is. Right. And just to um, put the largest, the $200,000 debt, which is astounding in somewhat of a positive light, the job that we spoke about last last uh, episode that I had taken on, it is with the uh, local municipality and the government has a program. If you're a municipal or government or state worker for 10 years, there is a program that will resolve uh, that debt over oh, that. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's one thing that, uh, you know, I like this job. I think I <laughs> want to keep it for 10 years. Well, that's incredible because if you think 10 years, 200 grand without any interest, that's 20 grand a year. That's yeah. quite a significant amount to repay. So if you can get that forgiven through that program, that's phenomenal. Absolutely yes. phenomenal. Um, and that then allows us to deal with the other ones, which are more manageable uh, and an easier, easier size, more manageable to deal with. And if our children are listening, our boy and our, our son and daughter who have graduated from college and have excellent careers with excellent earnings potential, we will just be chatting with you guys in a few years after you pay off your school loans. <laughs> um, so step two is then to take all of these and put them in interest rate order. Because um, mathematically speaking, the best way to pay off anything is like highest interest rate first. Uh, the average interest rate on a credit card in the United States of America and England is around 20%, 19, 20%. Yes. Um, so which, is, you... which, which is why they give you those wonderful teaser rates and 0% balance rollovers. And they're just waiting for you to miss the payment. And boom, there it goes. That's how they make money. They know they will offer people credit because they know a percentage of those people will use all the credit, not be able to pay it back and then owe them a lot in interest. And it's a game. It's not yes. nice. It's not nice at all, but it is a game. And the credit card companies, they're businesses that are out to make money out of individuals. Oh, yeah. That's their model. Um which is part of the reason why we do the Rebel Finance School is to try and educate people about the ways companies make money out of you. I've spent a lot of years training sales teams um, <laughs> and you mm. need to be protected from this stuff. Yes. Um, so we kind of need to like put them in interest order because we want to like go through that. And then the kind of the part of that second step is then to negotiate on the interest rates. Okay. I don't think many people think to do this. But if it's an overdraft, you can ring your bank and say, like, I'm paying too much interest. I can't afford to do this. We need to deal with this and lower it, and we need to work on it. You can negotiate with credit card companies. You can do all sorts of things to get the interest rate down. Or you can do the balance transfer thing to a 0% credit card. The reason credit card companies allow you to do that, basically they're buying your debt. Right. And they think that most people won't pay off that debt before the 0% interest rate runs out. 
So they're just going to start paying the heavier interest to that company afterwards. That's what they rely on is you doing that. So like it comes with a warning. We can transfer it to a 0% one, but we need to be on it and make sure yes. we get rid of it. Otherwise, like their dream will come true and we'll end up owing them interest. And then we're just spinning the plates rather than making progress. Does that kind of make sense? Yes, it does. Now, one of the things that is uh, going along with the Rebel uh, Finance School as well is building up that emergency fund. So trying to do that because I was unemployed after the shop had closed, we've managed to build up a little, had to take on this debt due to the uh, U.S. healthcare system. Um, that's another episode, isn't it? There's, I cannot believe that the number one reason for bankruptcy in the uh, United States of America is healthcare bills. Um, yes. Like, but that's a whole different, different conversation. Yes. yes. But uh, so in the fact that we have, you know, just looking at our finances today, we could probably knock off a significant portion of this debt and bring our emergency fund down to zero, which I am hesitant Yes, like the emergency fund is there to protect you from going back into debt even more. Right. Um, the kind of way Katie and I think about it is like the $1,000 or the £1,000 is like the minimum emergency fund. And it depends on what the interest rate of the debt is. Do you know like what the interest rates of the credit cards are roughly? So the 2,200 one, it's 2,200, 800, and 560. And the only one carrying an interest is the 2,200, and it is a 24.6% interest rate, which is about 25 a month. And we would have to take our savings down to zero. And with our financial planner, it looks like we might be able to get that in this month or next month. So 25% is huge. Yes. That is either renegotiate or pay off like our hair's on fire. Right. Because that right. is like, that's taking a lot away from you. Right. So, so um, I have been, you know, knowing, knowing a little bit about the debt snowball type stuff, uh, I have been paying minimum on those smaller ones that are not carrying interest and amazing. maximizing, maximizing our payments on this. Yes. It was 4,000 last month. Well, that's phenomenal progress. Yes. So you like celebrate that you've, yes. you're getting that down so quickly. That's incredible. You two awesome work, awesome work. And you're doing exactly the right thing, which is pay the highest interest as quickly as possible, set the others to minimum. And then we can kind of roll down the interest rates and apply the money you're earning to the next, to the next, to the next, until we get clear. Um, so we've got negotiate interest rates. Uh, we've got focus on the one with the highest interest rate. Then we've got the bit of like applying, and we've kind of covered this, but applying savings. It's probably not relevant in your case, but for everyone listening to this, if you've got savings in a bank account earning 0.5%, and you've got a credit card debt at 25%, it's crazy. Like, keep an emergency fund of 1,000, but take everything else and pay down that debt because it it's, it's draining it away. It's draining it away. And there's so many people we've met who have five, six, seven grand in savings that they don't want to let go of. 
that are earning nothing and a debt of even more that is at higher interest rates destroying the value of what they've got. So I think like for everyone listening to that, it's the interest rate number, that's the number I always come back to whenever I'm talking to people is like, what are you earning and what are you spending? And actually that's how banks make money is they're basically borrowing your money in terms of your savings and they're paying you 1% for it. And then they lend it to someone else at six, five, 10, 20%. And then they pocket the difference. That's how banks make money. So they love it when you're like leaving your money with them and they can lend it out to someone else at debt. That's, that's the game, which we need to realize and then play the opposite and keep the money for ourselves. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I think that probably gives you a few ideas there. Yes. Uh, and uh, the the next sort of thought is, um, what can we liquidate from the house? Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about essential things that you actually use, like the toaster or the oven, like those are quite useful. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is, Katie and I, a couple of years ago, we looked at the spare bedroom in our house and it was full with stuff. It was full with old phones. I had my old board games. It had a bunch of things. And I actually was able to generate a thousand pounds out of selling old DVDs, books, and random stuff. So my question to you, and you don't have to answer this, but it's actually a question to everyone, is what do you have laying around the house? Do you have a running machine that you used 20 years ago and is now just a clothes horse? Uh, Or or have you liquidated everything? Kathy's going to be leaving the conversation now because um, <laughs> I, I find things in the trash that I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that's my treasure. <laughs> so, Kathy, do we have a Kathy? Do we have a house full of stuff that uh, Peter needs to sell or give away? Um, I would say we had a house full now we've got probably a third of a house full yeah um peter has slowly been culling through things as i've been pulling them out of his grasp and and i think he's really seeing that the money that we're able to gain we have that in our hands instead of the dusty um you know weight bench or you know, Love the that. dusty shelf or whatever it is. But we have nowhere to store our clothes without that weight, weight bench. <laughs> you mean you have to put them away? Yes. <laughs> now, it, 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 it has been and, and it has it has been an ongoing process. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people did this with the pandemic. There was a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of looking around and saying, I don't we don't need this stuff. So, uh, yes, I do have stuff and I have been selling stuff. And I'm going to continue to sell stuff as well as to find stuff to sell. Uh, there's a big boom here in the States with these exotic plants. And I've been growing a number of them trying to see if maybe I can sell them on Facebook for a buck. Each. Love it. You know, I can sprout these plants and say, hey, one here, one here, one here. Um, I'm a beekeeper. I've sold most of my last season's honey, which is also helpful building up that emergency fund. So we are always looking for ways that we can uh, um, ter- turn something into money, even if it's something that somebody tossed out in their curb. And I can say, you know, I can sell that on eBay for 20 bucks. 
Love that. So I'm going to ask the next question um, because it comes from a real life example. Uh, do you have a storage unit full of stuff as well? No, no. no. Okay, good, good. Because um, I, I couldn't believe this. There was one heavily in, in debt couple. They had a storage unit full of stuff that they were paying like 300 a month for the storage unit just to hold stuff. Plus they had the house full of stuff. And it's like, you just need to liquidate that um, and stop paying for the storage. Because um, there's a whole host of things. That, that is nature's way of telling you, you have too much stuff. <laughs> Uh, and and I could throw a baseball in any direction from my house and hit a different storage unit. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. The, the next question, which I don't know the answer to this, is do you have any liabilities that you could sell? And what I mean by that is like, there's some families that have three cars, four cars between two people. They have extra motorbikes. They have a jet ski hanging out the back. They have all these different things. And you might have already done this, but liabilities cost money to insure, maintain. And it's not just the money you'll get back. You'll actually stop monthly bills coming out on these things. And my wife, Katie, has this idea it's actually borrowed from mr money mustache so we'll credit the person who actually came up with it it is store your stuff on craigslist until you need to get it back so you kind of sell it to someone you store it on craigslist and when you're ready to have it back there'll be someone selling something similar somewhere uh, that we can get it back and the answer might be no but i had to ask yes what we said during the pandemic as the each of our neighbors we're culling through and putting stuff out for free and stuff. We we decided that nothing actually left the neighborhood. It just went from one <laughs> garage to the other. Yes. But yes. To answer your question, um, we do have a Jeep that is not um, working right now, but is worth some money um, to get it into working condition. You see the stair. I did. I can feel the uh, I can feel the red heat coming from Peter through the screen. <laughs> to get it into working condition would you know would cost substantial money at this point. Um, but other than that, now, really, we've been running pretty lean because um, when I took on the business, um, Kathy, as we've talked about before, is is a highly paid. Uh, teacher in uh, the public school system. Um, and I mean that sarcastically to anyone who is mm-hmm. listening. So, I mean, we, we've had to make those those changes a while back. And I mean, our cars are paid for, no payments there. Haven't had a car payment for decades. Um, they're in good working order right now. Um, we have budgets for maintenance on them because if you keep your cars, you do have to budget for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we are... We are running pretty lean there. Um, just, to, I'm going to leave you guys to discuss whether Jeep stays or goes after this call because I saw the look. Uh, I think I think Kathy's only... mic is going out. <laughs> <laughs> the only thought I had was, people will buy projects to work on. People love working on and doing up vehicles and doing things. So there is a way to sell it as is. Um, and then be very clear about what it is. And maybe you even list it and then just put it out there for a reasonable price and just wait to find the right buyer. Um, but I will leave that to you. I just wanted to say 
I, I would sell as is. Don't invest a bunch of money to do it up to sell it. I would try and go for where it is because there is someone out there who would love a doer upper project. Um, we just need to find them. So I, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying that it's a possibility to raise some extra cash, which I'm sure Kathy will love me saying, uh, and Peter will have a big drink from his glass and look away. So we'll move on from that nice and quickly. Uh, <laughs> so there's like the, can we generate extra money? Then the, the sort of next step, which is what can we do to increase income, which you've said about some of the stuff you're doing, like selling the, the honey, working on the different things and the reducing expenditure and those elements, um, which basically what we're trying to do, and this is the overall route to wealth, is to create a consistent gap between income and expenditure. And to start with, that gap is what pays off debt and then funds the emergency fund. And then that gap tops up your retirement accounts and builds the future investments that will look after you later on in life and in retirement. So the gap, the key to wealth is how much of the money you earn do you actually keep? Uh, and the more that disappears, the worse we are. The more that stays, the better we are. But to, for now, we have to create the gap to be able to pay off the bits. And it sounds like you've already been doing this. I'm just running through the process for everyone listening to this as well as for you. Um, but it's that gap. The gap is key. And in the cost of living crisis that we're in at the moment, I know that's tough. Um, however, it is the key to the long-term success of this whole thing is gap between income and expenditure. So, Peter, you've got the new job. Kathy, highly paid teacher. Um, <laughs> and we've been reducing the expenditure. We've been doing that. Uh, I remember speaking to one family, and I couldn't believe it, but they had like five subscription services for different television services. And I'm like, how can you watch all of these at once? Uh, how can you watch Netflix, HBO, Amazon, the whole at Disney Plus? How can you watch them all at once? Just cycle through them. Have one for three months, exhaust it, and then cycle to the next one rather than having them all at once. Um, but I think and, that's and maybe know, not something to discuss now, but I just wanted to lay out that's the steps. Right. And, you know, for the listeners out there too, I mean, they, they're getting everyone on this under $20 automatic withdrawal out of your paycheck. I think you even had um, a couple of people on the Rebel Finance School Facebook page said that they had found subscriptions that they had forgotten about and were able mm -hmm. to uh, get rid of them. Because, you know, that you fly, oh, $5, $10 for Netflix. Oh, Netflix went up to 20. I didn't realize that. That's how it works. And that's how I train businesses to operate. And then I train everyone else to realize they're operating that way. <laughs> I, I play both sides. Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting. So we had a couple I was working. They found they had uh, a subscription to a gym that they weren't using. It was eighteen ninety nine a month. And we calculated if they took that eighteen ninety nine and paid off the in debt instead, they would save over 500 in interest alone and pay it off 10 months earlier. And those small subscriptions don't sound like a lot, but it's crazy. 
crazy when they add up over time. And did you, were you on the course for the rule of 173? Uh, no, I was not. It's a fascinating one. Though. So, well, I find it fascinating. I'll let you decide whether it's fascinating or not. And the listeners, um, basically the rule of 173 is if you have a monthly outgoing that you can get rid of. Let's take this gym for an example, 1899. You take the 1899 and you multiply it by 173. And that is the amount you will have after 10 years if you invest it instead. So 1899, if invested instead, you'll end up with 3,285 after 10 years. And it doesn't sound like 1899 is very much, but built up over a long time, it actually significantly impacts things. And if it's a weekly expense, it's even more. Um, so weekly expenses, you times by 752 to work out the 10-year amount. And it's just a simple way of like helping us think about what the actual economic impact of these things are. Um, so I don't know what a 10... What, do you have any weekly expenses? Yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we, we have been tracking our finances and have, have to go through those and see if anything pops out from those. Um, I do have a gym membership. However, my company will provide uh, money into a whole uh, health savings account um, okay. to match that. So I can get that paid for just by documenting that I have been going. So it's also good for your health. Yes. So we want you to live a long, happy time. Yes. yes. I'm assuming yes. Kathy does. I shouldn't assume these yes. things. Kathy, do we yes. want him healthy? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, the, 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 the job, the job that I ended up in one of the, one of the big perks was the benefits. Perfect. Perfect. Um, then once we've done all these elements and we've worked through all these bits, then it's taking that gap and applying it to the higher interest rate one and just paying it down as quickly as we can. And until like, this is, I'm just going to say it like, Whilst we've got a 25% interest credit card, we shouldn't really be spending money on anything else, like going out to eat, expensive meals, like everything we can should be applied to the 25%. If we're down to the like 5% interest rate, then maybe we can take a bit of a breather and relax a little bit. But the 25% one, we need to nail that as quickly as possible. And I don't even like saying it to you because I know you're doing it. I know you're working on it. I just, I look at people out there who have high interest rate credit cards and then they're going out for a fancy meal. And like, I'm just, I, I cringe with what it's doing to their long-term finances. And I'm sure that's not you. I just had to say it for everyone no. listening. No, it, and, and you know, it, it's, I do see it. And I see it in younger people than me. And, you know, I probably did those same things too in my twenties. And sometimes I feel like the grumpy old man saying, why are you, why are you ordering takeout for lunch every single day? Yes. Uh, Katie and I actually did a calculation to work out how much we saved by making salads at home. Yes, that's uh, so what we do. For a huge number of years, we made salads at home, which actually I found uh, benefited my waistline as well as my wallet. Uh, 
and it was worth i think it was just over 32 grand uh it, the money we had we saved and invested instead and it was worth 32 grand over that period and i was like i'm healthier thinner and wealthier like this seems like a no brainer um but i think uh, i think you're right in that that rule of 173 will help people out there listeners out there to visualize you know cuz like i said before they're they're selling us this $5 $10 under the radar amounts and that rule you mentioned would would kind of you know kind of bring it to the forefront a little bit and say whoa this is what that you know fancy meal is really costing you once a month yeah let's say it's $100 once a month would you rather have uh, 17 grand or would you rather have the hundred dollar thing out once a month? And when you look at it like that, you might actually change your mind and go for the seventeen grand. I don't know. We, everyone makes their own choice, and I'm okay with that. But I think no one really realizes the true cost of their decisions when they're making them. Otherwise, they wouldn't make them. And my favorite example of that is: Would you rather have a BMW or retire five years earlier? Like if the BMW salesman was forced to give you that offer <laughs> when they were selling you the car, uh, they probably wouldn't sell very many. Um, and that's the reason they sell you it on a monthly amount rather than showing you what you'll actually pay back and what it's actually worth to you over those periods. Um, and it's very smart sales, uh, but it's not great for our finances. Um, so Peter and Kathy, uh, We've gone through a whole host of things. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Are you, 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 is everything okay over there? Yes. I think, as we talked about last, last week, Alan, was just having a plan, just having a course of, of action can be so powerful. And that's why I asked Kathy to join me today so that we have that plan together. And I think... You know, we, we have been starting to look at those those ones we can get rid of, those debts we can get rid of so that we can attack this larger business loan uh, that's not apparently going to go away. No, I don't think we have much chance of getting rid of it. And I don't think for your happiness, it's the best way to default and try and like get out of it. I, that's not what I would do. Like it's a possibility. There are ways to do it, but it's not something that I would do. And I don't think it, it wouldn't sit comfortably with me. I would want to tackle it head on. Um, but then we each make our own decisions. Me personally, I'd rather tackle it and I'd rather work and pay that off as quickly as possible and get free again from it. That would be my way of doing it. I would be happy to tackle it but have this institution not get anything more than what is owed and perhaps have the interest go to someone who's willing to provide me a better rate and better terms. Yeah, I think you should absolutely refinance with someone else and get away from these people and find someone who'll give you a better interest rate. Stop giving them anything extra and get away from them. I think you absolutely, that would definitely be my route as well, is refinance, get away from them, move on, uh, yeah, and we can tell everyone in the world to like avoid this institution at all costs. Yes, I think it would be uh, personal. Personally, feel feel very nice not to have to write out that check every month to them. Definitely, definitely. Um, 
so I think the plan would be to negotiate with the 25% one and see if you can get the interest rate down, uh, to refinance the business loan, um, and then you're both on the path already to creating that gap to pay it down as quickly as possible. And then that's the plan. And then we just need to celebrate uh, each week that we've made progress, each month that we've made progress and that it's going away and we're going on the right way and celebrate by going for a picnic, spending time together, doing something fun. Um, but just celebrate. You're you're on the path to dealing with this. And like I really appreciate you working it through with me. Well, I appreciate your help because when we first talked, spoke, you know, the desperation, I think, was quite obvious for me. And uh, I think now Kathy and I together um, know that, you know, we can knock off these smaller debts. We know what we've been paying on this business loan so we can add those credit card payments to that. And we're we're close to snowballing it. We just have to uh, we and in, in our correspondences, Alan, we I have shown you we have looked at other uh, methods of financing, pros and cons of some of those. And I think we do have a route to go uh, that would be better terms for us. Excellent. Excellent. Kathy, how are you feeling? Do you have anything to add? I noticed that Peter is the spokesperson for the team. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is generally taking care of our finances, but now based on where we are, with those. I think it's really important that I also understand because I need to buy into the process to work together to get ourselves, you know, back in shape. Um, because one person going all in and the other person just even being neutral doesn't work. Yes. So this has helped me figure this all out. Yes. I a hundred percent agree. And I, I've, watched it in so many people's relationships where one of the two looks after the finances and the other one like just tells them to get on with it or doesn't want anything to do with it. And it always ends up in anonymity. It always ends up in problems later down the road. And I admire the way you're going at this as a team and anyone listening to this, I would say, please work together as a team if there's two of you. Because it makes such a difference to do it together. So I, I love that you're all in. I love that you're here. I love that you're working through it. And I think you're absolutely right. Like it's teamwork that will defeat this. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. Peter, Kathy, it sounds like we have a plan. Uh, any closing thoughts or remarks for anyone that's listening out there? Well, I think one of the things you said about um, uh, defaulting on loans, because um, having done that on some other issues, you know, they when you finally start to talk to them, they're not as pleasant as if you had been upfront and honest with them from the get-go. Uh, sometimes we think it's uh, best just to ignore it and let it go away. It's not going to go away and you're not going to have a better, uh, as good of a relationship with those folks to, as you said, refinance, renegotiate rates and things like that. One of the things that I learned was I had some medical issues 
that were very unexpected. And when the bills came in, you know, you always think, oh, the insurance pays 80%. That's wonderful. But when the 20% comes back at you, it's a lot more than you thought. Mm-hmm. But having to make the phone calls to the different, the hospital, the ambulance, and say, I need a payment plan. Can you work with me on this? And it really made me feel like I was finally doing something about it and owning it. And then just knowing that one payment at a time, I was getting closer to having a zero balance. And when we got there, it was so satisfying. And just knowing that, you know, I stuck my neck out there, you know, and said, we can't do this. Can you help us? And they were willing to do so. I, that's well, some of the best advice I've heard is just to deal with it up front and to tackle it and to ring people and say, I cannot do this. I need you to help me. Otherwise, it's going to end up in a mess. And people are actually normally quite good when you do that up front because they do want you to pay something back. They don't want it to go to a, a bad place. So I, I love that advice. I think you're absolutely right, is tackling it up front. And I've learned that in health over the years. You know, when you have like an injury or something go wrong and you think, oh, it'll be fine. And you kind of bury your head in your sand and just leave it for a while. It never is. It just gets worse. And then it's like worse to deal with later on. Um, yeah, so I think I've learned that lesson in health. And I think it's an important lesson in almost every area is tackle it up front, have the tough conversations. Uh, So, Peter, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show, telling us your story. I hope you got value out of the assistance and the help as well. And I just genuinely appreciate you opening up and sharing with everyone because I think it will help us all to think through if we do get into a trouble with something because it happens because of situations because of life if we do get into trouble here's the steps of how to get out of it and how to work through it so thank you well thank you for your support and generous uh, sharing of your knowledge and what you've been through I know that's also tough for you and the idea that you and Kathy and I uh, can help somebody out there down the road with what we've gone through uh, is very satisfying. And so thank you and thank Katie as well for going through all that wonderful, tedious documents (laughs) I sent you. We had a nice coffee and sat down and read it together this morning. (laughs) Thank you again, Alan. Well, what an episode that was. Uh, First thing I'd love to say in the end of the episode is how brave Peter and Kathy were for coming on the show, sharing what happened, owning everything that happened. And just thank you because none of us can learn without going through these experiences, learning what happens to other people so that we can learn from it. And I just want to acknowledge how brave they were and how incredible they were for coming on and sharing that. So thank you, Peter and Kathy. Then I have a couple of thoughts for you at the end, as always. The first is the damaging nature of debt if it goes wrong. The damaging nature of if you borrow money to build a business, if you borrow money for stuff, you've got to pay it back. The people will come for you. The the mental health problems it causes. I was reading about 
debt today. And one of the recent studies said people with high levels of debt, over 50% of them have said they have mental health problems compared to the general population. This is huge. Debt puts an incredible pressure on people. And I'd just rather you never had to take it. I'd rather you never had to do it. I'd rather you were protected by having an emergency fund, by building a business without debt. Like The damaging nature of debt is unbelievable. So that's part one. Part two, if you're signing anything, read the paperwork, read the details. I know we have a tendency just to tick it. When we buy a new iPhone, do we actually read what it says or do we just tick accept and accept the iPhone? We've accepted all the terms and conditions. I know I don't read them all on that. But when it comes to something important like debt, like a loan, like a car loan, read all the details. When you're in your business and you're getting a contract, read the details. The details are important. Part three is being very careful with debt as to whether it's secured or unsecured. The reason everything went wrong in my family is that my dad forced my mum to sign a piece of paperwork that said she stood surety or guarantor for all debts future past or present of her husband. What a piece of paperwork that she signed. And they then had a security over her half of the house and dad's half of the house. That's what messed us up. So please be incredibly careful when you do these things. Know what you're getting into. And if you can do anything, avoid it. Listen to the episode about five ways to build a business with no debt. Like avoid debt like the plague if you can. And then the final thing is I just wanted you to take away the debt attack strategy. Working out clearly what your debts are, going through those debts and putting them in order of interest rate, working out what you can get through selling things off, what you can get through money you've got in your savings account to apply to the debt to pay it down as quickly as possible, Uh, increasing your income, reducing your outgoings so that you create a gap to pay off that debt as quickly as possible, and then never reducing the payments, but keep applying the next one as you pay it off to the next one and the next one and paying it off as quickly as you can. And then the final thing, like this has been the most incredible two episodes with Peter. I would love it if you shared episode one with Peter to anyone who's thinking of building a business with debt, to your kids who are thinking of borrowing money, to your kids who don't even realize about this, like share that episode. I want to warn the world about this stuff. It does not take money to make money. You can make money without borrowing money. You can generate a business from nothing. I know you can. You do not need to borrow money. And the consequences of debt are huge. So please, Help me to spread the word of debt-free entrepreneurship. I want to save people from ever having to go through what Peter's gone through, what my family went through. No one needs to go through this anymore. Please help me spread the word of debt-free entrepreneurship. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Have a wonderful day. Go out there, spread the word of debt-free entrepreneurship. Have some fun, make some money, and I'll see you soon. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. 
Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.